This podcast is sponsored by Project Dragonfly, a master's degree program offered by Miami University dedicated to ecological and social change. Project Dragonfly offers a part-time Master's of Arts in Biology degree focused on conservation or a Master's of Arts in Teaching for teachers. The program is designed for working professionals and can be completed from anywhere in the United States. Learn more at projectdragonfly.miamioh.edu. Hi everyone, we've got a handful of headlines for today's Pelicanus news. I've categorized them into water conservation, policy decisions, and wildlife. These stories are truly incredible and also reminders to me that conservation can actually work. Okay, in our first category of water conservation, we have one story coming out of China uh, from globaltimes.cn. China's water conservation investment exceeding 900 billion yuan in 2022, a record high. China accelerated investment in water conservation projects this year with a total investment of 921 billion yuan or $130 billion US in the first 10 months, a record high, the Xinhua News Agency has reported. Construction started on 24,000 new water conservation facilities, also a record, citing data from the Ministry of Water Resources. Work on 45 major projects has kicked off with a total investment of 424 billion yuan. Some major facilities under construction have reached their interim goals. Work on a number of projects relating to flood control, water conservation, and food supply has been accelerated this year as well, and more than 3,500 reservoirs have been reinforced in the country. Uh, The ministry vowed to further speed up the construction of water conservation facilities in the country, and as winter starts, the construction of these projects in irrigation has also been accelerated. In 2021, China invested 757 billion yuan in water conservation projects, according to data released by the ministry. That's amazing. Second category here of policy decisions. There's been a lot of big um, global meetings in the last few weeks and there's another one coming up in a couple weeks and some big decisions have been coming out of them. So first up here, this one's coming from NewYorkTimes.com. In a first, rich countries agree to pay for climate damages in poorer nations. After 30 years of deadlock, a new UN climate agreement aims to pay developing countries for loss and damage caused by global warming, but huge questions remain about how it would work. Negotiators from nearly 200 countries concluded two weeks of talks in Egypt in which their main achievement was agreeing to establish a fund that would help poor, vulnerable countries cope with climate disasters made worse by the pollution spewed by wealthy nations that is dangerously heating the planet. The decision regarding payments for climate damage marked a breakthrough on one of the most contentious issues at United Nations climate negotiations. For more than three decades, developing nations have pressed for loss and damage money, asking rich industrialized countries to provide compensation for the cost of destructive storms, heat waves, and droughts fueled by global warming. But the United States and other wealthy countries had long blocked the idea for fear that they could be held legally liable for the greenhouse gas emissions that are driving climate change. The agreement hammered out in the Red Sea Resort Town says nations cannot be held legally liable for payments. The deal calls for a committee with representatives from 24 countries to work over the next year to figure out exactly what form the fund should take. 
This next one um, I got from a couple websites. Um, it looks like it was originally a press release. The European Union agrees to increase carbon removals. This is coming from knowledgeforpolicy.ec.europa.eu. <laughs> the European Commission welcomes the provisional deal on the land use, land use change, and forestry regulation reached with the European Parliament and Council to increase the EU's target for net carbon removal by natural sinks to 310 million tons of CO2 equivalent by 2030. This agreement sets ambitious and fair targets for each member state to reverse the decreasing trend of the EU's carbon sink. This agreement is another step in the adoption of the Commission's Fit for 55 legislative package to deliver the EU's climate ambition under the European Green Deal, following the recent deals to end the sale of new CO2-emitting CO2 cars in Europe by 2035 and to increase national emission reduction targets in the transport, buildings, waste, and agricultural sectors. Our last category of wildlife, there's a couple here. Um, all of them are amazing. All right, the first one's coming out of bbc.com. A landmark vote gives boost to threatened sharks. More than 50 species of shark are to be given protection from over-exploitation in what's being seen as a milestone for shark conservation. Nearly 200 countries have voted to add a raft of sharks to the list of species protected under global trade rules. The measures apply to the requiem shark family, which includes tiger sharks, as well as to six small hammerhead sharks. The sharks are being pushed to the edge of extinction by the trade in fins to make shark fin soup. This quote-unquote landmark vote will give these two shark families a fighting chance of survival, said Sue Lieberman of the New York-based Wildlife Conservation Society. Um, coming from that same meeting where that occurred, um, from CITES.org, C-I-T-E-S.org, a record number of species will be regulated by CITES after COP19. So representatives of more than 160 governments Parties to the Convention on International Trade in Endangered Species of Wild Fauna in Florida, Flora, also known as CITES, reaffirmed their commitment to address the biodiversity crisis by adopting proposals to regulate international trade in more than 500 new species. CITES COP19 closed in Panama after two weeks of negotiations on the most important issues facing the trade in endangered species of animals and plants. The COP adopted a total of 46 proposals of the 52 put forward. This will bring species of, among others, sharks, lizards, turtles, fish, birds, frogs, and more than 100 tree species under CITES regulations, designed to ensure the sustainability of these species in the wild while allowing their international trade and also contributing to the conservation of ecosystems and global biodiversity. The COP also reached a record number of 365 decisions as they worked to safeguard threatened wildlife species, while at the same time allowing the international trade that underpins human well-being and contributes to conservation efforts. The decisions will shape CITES' work for the years to come. And lastly, I think this is my favorite news in a while, coming out of WashingtonPost.com, feds will study bringing back endangered grizzly bears in Washington state. In the wilds of Washington state's northern Cascades, a vast expanse of glacier-capped peaks, rugged valleys, and ancient forests, grizzly bears once thrived. It's been more than 25 years since one has been definitively spotted there, though, according to the National Park Service. 
But that could change with a new federal process that will examine whether to reintroduce grizzlies to the 9,800 square mile ecosystem. The bear is a key part of the ecosystem and culturally important to indigenous people, and the North Cascades offers one of the best grizzly habitats in the contiguous United States, the National Park Service says. We will definitely be paying attention to this story. Okay, I hope these stories bring some optimism and lightness to your month, and I really look forward to sharing more in the future. Thanks. <laughs>